0: A body is found in a river, tied to a steel frame, wrapped in a tarp, and with a noose around his neck. It took police 25 years just to be able to identify the body. Today we explore the strange murder of the Australian Rack Man. Killing. Missing. Hidden. A podcast about. Welcome, 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 man, everyone. We got a special surprise mini episode for you today, this lovely Friday. Gonna start off this last weekend in July with a nice little mini mystery to dig into. It's one that we've wanted to do a full episode on, but we just couldn't find enough evidence. There wasn't enough meat on this bone, as I like to say, to justify spending 30 minutes on it. This is more of a 10 to 15 minute case, so... Y'all get a special little treat. All right, let's get right into it. August 11th, 1994, man was fishing out on the Huxby, excuse me Hawkesbury River near Sydney, Australia, when he felt a sharp, heavy tug. Thinking he had caught something big, he tried to reel it in, and the more he reeled, the bigger he figured this thing was. He finally struggled to get his prize up on deck, but was shocked at his gruesome catch. It was a man wrapped in plastic tied to a steel frame with a noose around his neck. Obviously police were immediately called. Uh, The coroner's investigation determined that the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head and the dude was believed to have died on or around mid-January of 1993. It couldn't be determined if the man was still alive when he was tied to the rack though he was tightly bound with a wire. And sadly, there was no evidence to identify the victim. The water had eroded away all his fingerprints. He was wearing clothing that was mass-produced all throughout Australia, and he had you know, no wallet or other form of identification on his person. Police were able to do a facial reconstruction from his skull, and passed that out to all the major media outlets with news that they were offering a $100,000 reward to anyone that could help identify this man. The media dubbed this case the Rackman murder, and that's what he was known as, the Rack Man. But despite the reward, despite the facial reconstruction, and despite the really cool nickname, they received no useful tips. Fast forward to August of 2018, just a couple years ago, and Rackman gets identified. DNA evidence is able to tell the police that he was a 37-year-old Sydney man named Max Tansavinsky. And excuse the pronunciation, I'm from Alabama. This is as good as it gets. Now, Max was a very well-known gambler, and he was last seen leaving his house on January 11th, 1993, to go on one of his infamous gambling sprees. His family really wasn't surprised when Max didn't come home that night. It was common for him to spend several days on these sprees. But after a while, they got worried and made a missing persons report, and I guess it took police 25 years to find him. Now, even though he was known to have a gambling habit, he was considered a smart gambler. He didn't mess with any sort of gang or mafia run, uh, uh, establishments. He kept his debts manageable. You know, he, he often was in debt as a gambler, but it was more to the tune of, you know, $2,000, 3000 $5,000 as opposed to $55,000 or $75,000, $110,000. When he left on January 11th, he took $1,800 with him, and his family said, you know, really not unusual for him to take that amount of money when he went on these sprees. Now, despite Max having this reputation as being a smart gambler, police still think the gambling thread is the way to go on this investigation. And my understanding is since they've been able to identify Max, That's the direction they've moved in in investigating this case. The elaborate manner of his death is apparently rumored to be thought of by the police as a a message to the community at large that you don't skip on your gambling debts. And who likes to send messages? The mafia, the mob, the cartels, those sorts of folks. Merely because Max wasn't known to mess with the mob... Doesn't mean he wasn't feeling bold this particular night and ended up making some stupid decisions. But there's also an alternative theory that's floating out there that this was really more of a religious-slash-cultish-slash-satanic killing. The reason why this is thought is because Max was tied up to the rack and people are assuming it's... It's done crucifixion style. Um, The problem with that is the rack looks nothing like a cross. And so I think this religious-based theory was probably pushed more by the media because it sensationalized the killing, and it probably sold a few more newspapers and got a few more eyeballs on the local news at night. Now, the rack is odd. I mean, of course it's odd. We never talked about a killing with a rack involved, but but even if we accept the fact that there's going to be a rack in this case, this steel rack was odd. It looked like it was made just for Max. And by that, what I mean is Max was a bit on the short side. He was only around five foot three, and the steelwork of the rack matched his dimensions and proportions precisely there was no wasted metal on this um you know it, it was just a couple inches above his head and a couple inches below his feet you had a the rack was basically a long center metal bar and then four shorter horizontal bars coming out off of the main one Um, the, the bars, the horizontal bars coming off the main bar weren't unusually long. There was no wasted steel. Uh, I mean, it was the perfect size to fit Matt and the welding was actually really, really well done. According to reports, like this was not somebody who took, A welding class at a trade school for one semester. This was someone who was probably a professional welder and had been doing it for a long time. So it's hard to have that information and say, well, this was just a random killing. I mean, this really looks like Max was targeted specifically. Now, what's kind of unusual is that Max was found in this river, He was about 20 feet down, and the police never bothered to kind of dredge the river or any other bodies of water to see if there's any evidence that could be found or if there are any more victims that have been treated this way. If you go with a serial killer kind of mindset, then you may expect to find other bodies like this, but police apparently never went that route. So let's talk about what routes we can go down and what theories we should be entertaining. So, again, this is just one that is wowzers. You know, it, it, it's crazy. I say that about a lot of our cases, but it's crazy. You know, um, again, I wish there was more evidence. I'd love to spend an entire episode on this one, but that's all we've got. That's all the evidence we've got. So what do we think? Well, I think Max was specifically targeted. This is just way too much work for it to be a random killing. You know, if you want to kill a stranger, you shoot him and you move on. But if you want to torture someone, if, if you've got a poor soul that you just have to torment... You spend some time on it, you know? You eat a cookie, but you savor something like creme brulee. Clearly, Max was no cookie. Now, I don't buy into the religious ideas, uh, like I've already suggested. Sacrificial killings usually are done in a very specific way, uh, almost... I hate to use this word, but in an almost artistic way, it's done in a manner to please whatever deity this cult is trying to worship. And I don't think smashing it in someone's head is the way you would do that. I also don't buy the mob hit theory. I disagree with the police on this one. The main reason why is, yes... They are known to make their killings very public. However, if they were intending to do that here, why on earth would they throw Max into 20 feet of water where he's not seen again for 25 years? To me, that's the same thing as writing a threatening letter with invisible ink. There's just no point to it. So to me, this wasn't the mob. If he was stuck in the dirt, along a major highway or hanging from a bridge, yeah, okay, okay, we probably got organized crime. This one, I just don't see it. Now, I think the idea that it's a serial killer is interesting. Uh, it's very elaborate, which would suggest that perhaps it is the work of a sick but creative mind. Um, there would need to be multiple serial killers, which is highly, highly unusual, unless... It's a husband-wife duo. Um, you know, based on how heavy this steel was with max strapped to it, the wife would have to be pretty buff. The husband would have to be pretty buff. Um, but I suppose two people could make it work. You know, they would need to live in an area out where there's not a whole lot of chance for public viewing, but Australia is not jam-packed like New York. There's certainly some wilderness out there where you could hide from people. But ultimately, I don't buy this theory simply because we've never found another victim in the same condition Max was. And a serial killer doesn't just kill once. Otherwise, they don't get the moniker serial killer. So, I mean, after 25 plus years, you think we will have stumbled across another two to three bodies if this was truly the work of somebody that sick. So that leaves me thinking that this was someone who was like ticked off, like like really angry ticked off, like the classic stereotypical crazy ex-girlfriend sort of person. Based on what we know about Max, it seems like his biggest vice was gambling. We don't have any reports that he had an alcohol or drug problem. There's no reports of him having an affair, committing adultery. We only know about the gambling. So because that's the only evidence we have, that's really the only path we can walk without just engaging in total speculation. So let's assume then that this murder was motivated by his gambling deeds we've eliminated a mob hit but we know that there has to be more than one person involved i think that this is probably due to a small gang the reason i say that is this kind of has the hallmark of somebody wanting to prove themselves you know they could have just shot him and been done with it. But instead, they made a heck of a scene. Now, dumping it in the water, again, no message is being sent, which suggests some level of inexperience. But this is somebody that they wanted... They, I'm guessing they had some insecurities, and this is their way to show how tough they are, how mean they are, and what they'll do if you cross them. So for this to all go down, in my mind, I view it as a three-person job, okay? So you've probably got the leader of the gang or one of the lieutenants. You've got some muscle there, and then you've got somebody who's an experienced welder. Whether, whether they're a member of the gang or not, somebody put together that rag, Alright, so I imagine it going down that the welder's doing his thing, or her thing, while the muscle and the leader are beating the tar out of Max, interrogating him, trying to get the money, learning he doesn't have the money, and deciding that he's got to pay with his blood. They strap him down to the rack while he's still alive. There's no reason to secure a dead body at so many points. I mean, he had his neck, his elbows, his wrists, his waist, his knees, and his feet all tied tightly with rope and wire, if I remember correctly. You wouldn't need to do that for a dead body. Um, So he's tied down. He's probably beaten on some more. Since he was in the water for so long, we don't have a whole lot of information about the soft tissue injuries. But at some point, a killing blow to the head was made. Uh, either on purpose or accidentally in the rage of the moment. From there, they wrap up the body and the rack in a tarp and throw it in the back of either a pickup truck or a box truck. The three guys then drive it down to the river and dump the body into the coast. Max was found right near the coastline. I can't Imagine that something that heavy would be severely affected by the normal tides of the river. And so I don't think he was ever put in a boat and then dropped in the center and then slowly migrated. Maybe I'm wrong. Not an expert about this stuff. Seems like a lot of weight for a river to be moving around. That's my best guess on this one. You know, gambling does put you in some pretty tough company at times. One of my old forensic professors used to say, most people who become victims of a crime put themselves in a position to become victims of a crime. And so if Max decides that he wants to live on the edge a little bit, he stays away from the legitimate gambling establishments and goes to some seedier ones. Maybe he runs into the wrong people and they take his blood to pay off a debt. Again, I really do wish we had more evidence to work with on this one. We have to guess a lot at what happened here. And I really, really hope police are able to solve this one so we learn the full story. Because this is its just a crazy one. Like I said, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. All right. Um, with that, we're going to wrap up this minisode. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll continue doing these little surprise pop-up Friday episodes from time to time as we find cases that seem cool but don't warrant, you know, a full 30 to 40-minute discussion. Please remember our big event on Monday, August 3rd, our hidden pod cert. I mean, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Seven podcasts we've picked are really quality podcasts, okay? They're not just seven random ones these are ones that we wanted to have we pursued them and they agreed to shut me up to be on the the show um but they just really do a fantastic job i really hope and pray that we can get every kmh listener to check out this episode and to check out the folks who appear on this episode too it would be awesome if we could get y'all to find a new podcast or two that you enjoy that you subscribe to again I want you to keep listening to me but I listen to lots of podcasts too Uh, we don't have you know this monogamous relationship you're you're free to play the field as much as I am so I'm going to help you with that that's what that's what a quality guy I am in the podcasting world okay so you should you should feel lucky that i allow you to listen to this show and and be part of our world i'm kidding of course um i just hope you all find the event exciting if we have a good turnout if we have good results then i know in the future we'll be able to do more events bigger events and it'll be a lot of fun so as always thank you for listening love you all appreciate all of y'all Please stay safe out there, be smart, and keep on subscribing. Brad, out. Thank you for listening to Killing, Missing, Hidden. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share. Questions? Email us at info at kmhpodcast.com.